Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including disability and income inequality. This time, we're talking about the racist attack on a Buffalo supermarket where a white 18-year-old suspected gunman opened fire after posting online that he planned to shoot all blacks. At least 10 people died in the mayhem, and social media messages appear to show details of a plot that was in the works for months. CBS News Chief National Affairs and Justice Correspondent Jeff Begays tells us the suspect allegedly planned to target far more than black people. That conversation after this short break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You've been planning this for months. That, according to law enforcement, as the FBI, Buffalo Police, ATF, trace his movements. And what they are finding is this, these writings online um, where he talked about scouting out the top supermarket and then uh, also looking at other potential targets and other potential victims. And so had that security guard at tops not slowed him down, according to investigators, uh, this could have been a lot worse. It is, you know, as somebody who's covering the story, it's still hard for me to believe that that happened. Um, every single one of these incidents that I've covered, and I've covered many, sadly, um, it takes a while for them to sink in. It takes a while for that level of hate and racism and evil to sink in. But here we are again, and we're dealing with another mass shooting here. And and this one, like Dylan Roof did in Charleston, left behind a, a roadmap of hate and racist expressions. Uh, I asked one law enforcement source this week, uh, when, when you were dealing with this suspect, what did you think? How would you characterize him? And this person said, evil, vile, hate-filled person. Wow. That, that's what he said, word for word. I've got to ask you about this replacement theory that people are saying he based this attack on and his alleged possibly upcoming attacks on Hasidic Jews in elementary schools. What is it? And what of those who say that this isn't a real thing? It's something that's being made up by the quote unquote so-called liberal media. Well, and that's the other thing, you know, this, uh, 
these writings where he was allegedly going to target an elementary school. What kind of warped thinking uh, would consider something like that? It's just sickening. But yeah, that's what investigators are finding. And they're also finding uh, that part of the alleged motivation is what has been called uh, the replacement theory. This idea that whites are being replaced by people of color for electoral reasons. Again, just stupidity. But we saw it in Charlottesville. Uh, You'll remember what those white supremacists, as they they were marching through the streets, you might recall what they were chanting. You will not replace us. Hence, the replacement theory. Again, it's gross. It's sick. But investigators to this point believe that's part of the motivation. Jeff, is there any idea why hateful ideology like this appears to be so appealing to some of these young white shooters? What is it that makes them think, oh, here's the way that I respond to the way I feel? You know, I, Allison, I don't know if I'm the person to answer that question. Um, you have theories about that. Um, you certainly have some politicians who are encouraging people to think that way. You have some cable channels that, enc- that encourage people to think that way. They, of course, deny that, but just listen to what they are selling on their social media pages or their airwaves. You know, and a lot of people who say these kinds of things, they know it's wrong, but they do it because the people who watch them, who listen to them, eat it up and they know it. You know, but that's, you know, as a correspondent for the CBS Evening News, you know, I, I have been looking into this alleged gunman's movements, his, his potential motive, what investigators are finding. The bigger question is, what is going on in this country that you have someone, an 18-year-old, who harbors that kind of hate? Again, what a source told me was evil, vile. And you know what? You think about it, and it is. Just think about the victims of this mass shooting. Look at those images. Grandmothers, aunties, sisters, brothers, fathers, just shopping, doing what they do every day, or what we all try to do every day, just living your normal life. And then the other thing is, Think about the circumstances here, and I've been talking about this a lot because, you know, I've covered these things in the past. I covered Dylan Roof, and now this mass shooting. Let me tell you a couple of the things that they have in common. In the Dylan Roof case, he was welcomed into that church by those people. And we should remind people that we're talking about Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. 
Dylan Roof went in there. He was invited in as they were having a, a prayer group, essentially. And he turned his weapon on them. Dylan Roof was not from that community. He didn't live in Charleston. And the same thing here. This alleged gunman did not live in Buffalo, New York. He didn't know those people, but what we know is that he'd scoped out that grocery store in the past. And in one instance, you know, you you have people talking to him, being nice to him, welcoming him. And yet he comes back dressed in fatigues, ready for a battle. Now we're talking about Buffalo, but you see the similarities here. These people with this hate in their heart. And striking down innocent, unarmed moms, sisters, brothers, fathers, unarmed. They are cowards. They are cowards. So what you had this week is another cowardly mass shooting. And again, we're comparing the case the, the cases of two white shooters who targeted black people. I wonder, Jeff, what is law enforcement telling you? Because the, the one question I'm hearing from people I've been talking to about this is, why did the FBI catch this dude in Buffalo? Because he had been posting all over social media. Well, why didn't they catch him before? Correct. It's, it's not, you know... It, Look at it this way, and a lot of people don't realize this, but I see it because I cover the Justice Department. They break up a lot of potential mass shootings that don't get press. They don't get attention because tragedy was averted. But sadly, these killers only have to get it right once, and that's what you had in this case. Furthermore, you have these people, these white supremacists, these racists, who are being radicalized online. We used to use that word radicalized to talk about people connected to ISIS Mm -hmm. or Al-Qaeda. But now, white supremacists are being radicalized online just like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. They're sitting alone in their homes They might be loners, don't have a lot of friends, and they're on social media, they're in these chat rooms, and they're getting stirred up. They're being radicalized. All of a sudden, they're repeating these phrases, the replacement theory, in their writings. They're talking about Black people and other people of color replacing them. They're talking about buying weapons and so on and so on and so on. It's not easy tracking down those people who aren't parts of a part of a group where you have multiple people talking repeatedly. They're hard to find. In some ways, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack for law enforcement. And don't think, you know, I, you know, don't think that law enforcement doesn't, you know, when something like this happens, they feel it too. You know, they hear people saying, well, why couldn't you catch this person before it happened? 
Um, and part of that is adjusting for the next threat that's out there because there are more threats out there. And so you have to change your tactics. And the Department of Justice and the FBI has been working to adjust to the current threat, which is domestic terrorism. Um, and so hopefully the next one will be prevented. That was CBS News Chief National Affairs and Justice Correspondent Jeff Begays. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.